You're probably familiar with the saying, your brand isn't your logo. But have you looked at your brand touch points recently? And how do you know if you're even using them effectively as you could be? In today's episode, I'll be highlighting not one, not three, but five brand touch points. Walk away with the knowledge to better your ideal customer's experience so that your one-time customers become forever loyal repeat customers. Welcome to the Brand Made Podcast. Thanks for joining me, Self-Made listeners. I'm your host, Olivia Goodenough. Nobody wants to be an unforgettable brand. So why is it that you feel like you aren't being noticed, just not being picked, and worst of all, not being remembered? Well, Seth Godin once said, a brand is the set of expectations, memories, stories, and relationships taken together account for a customer's decision to choose one product or service over another. Every brand has a similar bunch of brand touch points. These touch points occur when a person interacts with your brand. That could be through your marketing, social media posts, website, packaging, even invoices. We need to see each of these interactions as a chance to make a positive impression on your customers. And we do this through mindfully creating memorable experiences. However, both really positive and unfortunately really negative experiences are the ones people find most memorable. We've all experienced, obviously, wonderful holidays or being hurt by a loved one. However, day to day, most neutral or mundane experiences are the ones that fall by the wayside and lightly forgotten about. For example, washing the dishes or reading for the 14th time a similar list of facts and features about a product or service you're interested in. It just sort of becomes white noise, unmemorable, forgettable. I want to make sure you're seeing your touch points as as an opportunity for your brand to be more memorable than the last brand they looked at. So today I want to bring awareness to five brand touch points that will help you build a positive experience for your customers to increase the chances of your brand being remembered and the probability of them choosing you over another. The first touch point we'll be discussing is your customer's online experience and of course that is your website. I know a website is definitely something um, you might already have up and running or you obviously know you'll need and are well aware that it has to be obviously practical and functional so your customers can find the information they need quickly and efficiently. Once you've obviously been on a website, they tend to kind of mold into each other. There is obviously a certain structure that works, so I'm not recommending you throw out the rule book, put the menu bar at the bottom because that's just counterintuitive. But now what I want to make you think about is How can you make a customer's website experience more interesting? A list of facts and features becomes a little samey after a while, um, especially if you're reading it on the third or fourth website. Um, So think beyond how you can present um, information differently and don't need to copy what other people have done previously. Maybe you'll show yours either in a video, slideshow, animation or text with icons. Now, I know everyone uses Apple as an example for that, I'm sorry, but it it works as a really good 
um, explanation here. So I'm just going to quickly, if you're not doing anything, hop on to the Apple website and specifically go on to the iMac Learn More page, not their homepage, the iMac Learn More page. And there you'll be greeted with a video that actually includes their product and text. And if you scroll down further, you have a button to invite their customers to interact with immediately. And animated text and dynamic scrolling features that make images and text move whilst the background sits still. This web page has so much going on that it really does interact and it's not overloaded, it's not busy. It just has a lot for you to sort of interact with and see as well as explains everything that needs to be said but done in a memorable way. Now, I'm not saying to obviously copy Apple by any means, but the concept here is vital. You want to form a balance of familiarity and individuality so that you're not just informing your people, but you're keeping them entertained as well. And the more entertained they are, the longer that they're obviously going to stay on your site and keep interacting with your brand you don't need to obviously learn coding i'm not telling you to do that but be mindful about your customer's experience how do you want them to feel when they visit your website and how can you better communicate who your brand is through layout animation moving images and interactive elements and tech it can sort of be easier to think of your website as a physical shop that your customers are walking into the next touch point is onboarding clients. The process of onboarding a client usually involves a contract to be signed, deposit to be paid and the client informed on how you intend to work with them. The way in which your small business actually handles this onboarding process and experience can say a lot about you and your customers can either feel reaffirmed in their purchase or overcome with fear or buyer's remorse so to avoid obviously the latter let's talk about what we should and shouldn't be doing so firstly this is an experience in itself and if it's handled chaotically and haphazard it's likely your clients will lose some confidence in you so you want to create a seamless and comfortable experience firstly we've got to actually remember that every client is new and doesn't have prior knowledge in the way in you work with people. So the process to them is completely unknown and unfamiliar. And if we let it, it can lead to stress and fear. So in order to make the experience as smooth and comfortable for your clients, it's best to sort of sit down and map out every step from the moment they're a lead to a client. Once you've written out every step and highlighted the steps that you'll need something from them or will need to tell them something, um, gives you a map of what needs to happen. The most important thing of this experience is to not allow your customers to have the chance to sort of think, now what, should I be doing something? Um, and this, we're going to talk about from the transition period from the lead to client. So the contract phase is important. Don't make your client have to work harder than they need to. And that means sending them a contract to sign off, to print off, sign and send back. Um, it can it can be done in a few clicks. The whole printing and scanning is messy and long-winded and it will just slow the whole process down. Use an electronic contract so they can sign digitally and show them you value their time. The second part is... 
you'll probably have to send them a onboarding pack or introduction booklet, whatever you want to call it. But in this pack, you should include details of how you'll work together, setting expectations and boundaries. Things like um, the management platforms you'll, you may want to use to communicate together. So obviously, depending on which one you use, it might be Asana, Monday or Trello. Um, and I just want to briefly talk to you about the one I use, which is Dubsado. Um, this is not sponsored. I found Dubsado, I think, a year ago. I couldn't believe my luck, really. Just the flexibility and features it has to offer in one place is amazing. Um, my favorite part is that my clients receive a more of a custom-made luxury experience because I can set up their own portal and it's kind of like their own membership area or dash that they see. So instead of losing things within email chains back and forth, they receive all documents, questionnaires, invoices and contracts within their own online portal and I can always notify them through email with clickable links. So if you are interested in having a look at Dubsado, obviously you don't have to sign up today or anything, but if you are interested just to have a look at it, I would definitely recommend it. And I do have a uh, affiliate link in the description bar. So go have a look. Obviously, depending on your service, what you include in this pack will vary, but setting boundaries is something I think everyone needs to include. And that could be the times in the week you'll be available. Um, you might not work past five or six. Um, you might take, I don't know, Wednesdays as an admin day to sort out business things. Whether or not you allow texting, voice messages as a way or a form of communication is good to know. Plus, knowing how quickly you should be responding to emails in the week is also good to mention and just being clear at the beginning otherwise we can lead to having clients that will expect you to be free 24 7 and it's best to set these boundaries and expectations so they know when best to sort of contact you and they'll know you're not ignoring or following them off if they contact you after hours so it kind of takes pressure of you always having to be available 24 7. Um, another thing you should be including is sort of a roadmap of milestones included within your project together so they can visually see the start and the end of working together and with service-based businesses we don't sometimes always provide a physical thing and it's good to have a visual so they know where they're at what the what's going to be um, happening in the future so it sort of just provides your clients with a bit more reassurance, to be honest, and makes the unknown a bit clearer. Be mindful how you create this pack and how you send it. I think it's best to break it down into sections. So it's obviously not one long essay of information that they kind of have to chew through, but a simple, easy step with instructions on what will happen next. The next touch point is your customer service. Now I get it, it's your, if you're a small band, you definitely probably don't outsource to a small team and it is you who deals with your customers on a daily basis. So we can all think back probably to a time when we've experienced a bad customer experience and you sort of afterwards you feel a little bit differently towards the brand or business. 
in our small businesses, we are bound to get a customer or client that's a little bit upset or annoyed at some point or another. And we can't really dwell on the fact that we did something wrong and try and cover it up is probably the worst thing. We just must simply fix it. Make a wrong a right, as they say. And we must remember that when a customer does have a negative experience, doesn't mean we can't change it into a positive one. This is where your customer care kind of comes in because problems are likely to arise. And if you don't really have a set plan, you might kind of fall to the wayside or not kind of handle it as best as you can. So as a small business owner or a solopreneur, you might not have given it much thought because you're handling everything and you are going to drop the ball probably at some point. And whether or not it's really your fault doesn't really matter. You just need to fix it. So let's put this into context. So one of your delivery doesn't deliveries doesn't reach one of your customers on time. You obviously can't go back in time. That's not an option. There's only a few ways to handle this situation. And one is... If you know the delivery isn't going to arrive in time, tell your customer as soon as possible. Keeping them in the loop is far better than crossing your fingers and hoping it will will arrive on time. Even if you warn them that it could be later and it, it arrives on time, that's just great. But warning them first is best. However, in other circumstances, I obviously know that you might not have been aware about the delays. And if your customer is unhappy about their late arrival of their product, then you just need to apologize. And apologizing shouldn't be seen as showing weakness. It should just be seen as you're taking responsibility. You're not passing it off. You're not ignoring it. But obviously, I think also there's an issue. You can't just say sorry and that's all you do because your customers will probably see an email and just think okay cool well but that doesn't really change anything so it's always to go that one step further to show them that you really really do care about what what's happened and you're kind of backing up that apology with an action that could be offering them a discount on a previous product or what they purchased send them a little freebie in the post a refund their delivery costs kind of however you see fit it's really up to you what you offer in compensation with this extra step it might turn a customer's opinion of you from i paid money to get this on time it didn't arrive late i don't trust them to okay they've apologized and they've also refunded me the delivery money with no questions asked this actually might have been an unusual mistake for them This is an experience that shows your customers you care and you're not ignoring, you're not trying to pass it off. Um, Sort of see this as an opportunity to change their minds and handle the situation the best way you can and to not lose a customer. We are now on the second to last touch point and this one is all about your payment process. When we pay for something, it's actually an experience, whether that's either in a shop or online. And we're all pretty used to ordering or uh, paying online. And how we like to do it is usually quick, easy and safely. And if you are running an online shop, make sure you're offering a range of payment options, not just like PayPal or something. Make sure you're being inclusive. Um, You don't want to cut anyone out at this stage. They've got to this point of paying and you want to make sure they definitely obviously proceed with it. So definitely offer more than one payment option. Also, don't try and do anything 
different on your checkout page. Make sure it looks consistent with your website pages. You don't want your customers to feel like they've been taken off that site and onto something new. So you've got to keep your branding consistent on this page for sure. You really don't want it to obviously look mysterious or a bit um, suspect. So definitely keep everything similar. And also... If you haven't already, make sure you have the lock at the top of your URL. This shows your customers that you're on a secure website. But I also know we have service-based businesses. So if you need an invoice paid, instead of using a bank transfer, you can set up an online payment through an invoice service. Some platforms let you connect payment invoices to your contract, killing sort of two birds with one stone. But bank transfers are a grey area. The issue I have with them, it leaves too much room for error. Your client could type in the wrong details and who's to blame really in that situation we don't really want any risks involved when we want to receive our money um, plus if it's a large bank transfer of money it can put stress on your client processing the payment because it gives them all the responsibility to enter in everything correctly so that's why I always kind of advise everyone to use an online payment process it will be directly linked to your account no risk of it going into someone else's account plus if your client is a film with doing orders online which we almost are at this point it will feel more natural and far less stressful putting their details in and making the payment so now after these payments it's always best to follow through with some type of acknowledgement through a receipt or an email a direct page where it says payment was successful this provides your customer with proof and if in a unlikely event of an issue with the payment they know they have reassurance with a receipt or a confirmation last touch point is your customer's post-sale experience and you might be asking what is post-sale and that really just means the experience after a customer has purchased a product or worked with you through a service Post-sale stage sometimes gets overlooked. We get too focused on gaining engagement from our ideal audience and converting them to actually customers or clients that we kind of forget to take it further after that sometimes. We shouldn't just let our brand relationship stop there once the sale is complete. You want your customers and clients to remember you. It's far, far easier to reach another sale from a previous customer than a new one. Let's give an example for both products and service businesses. So first up, if you are an online shop, your customer's unpacking experience of their delivery is also really important. Make sure that's intentional, the materials you use and the way that they unravel it. Um, a great post-sale here could be a booklet, something that's really beautiful. It could relate to what they've bought. For example, if you create your own ceramics, um, you could create a booklet with images and text showing them the handmade process of each piece and shows your customers how much you care about each item. Um, you could also include a smaller item within the delivery. Um, if you're giving something free, I recommend you only do this when they've spent over a certain amount. I would never kind of recommend to just hand something free because obviously it is your time, it's material, and it makes that one purchase um, the profit margins far less if you're offering something free. So do do kind of do that within reason. Then there is always the discount code to thank them for their purchase. However, now this could be just personally my feelings towards them, but 
when I get given a discount code, it kind of feels just really promotional and salesy, to be honest, and I kind of just pass them off. That's why I would advise to handle discount codes a little differently. Leave them till a couple weeks later after a purchase, not so that they've forgotten your brand, um, but leave it later so it doesn't look like you're straight away asking them for something more. Um, plus, the way a discount code looks can really uh, change the way you feel about them. If you're a small business, you do have the upper hand by actually handwriting a letter, inviting them to use another discount code and send it through the actual post. This is far more personal way to show A, you remember them and B, you really appreciate the, that they ordered something from you. When discount codes are sent in emails, they feel like mass promotional and you just feel like, oh, but they sent that to like all their customers on their list. But with a handwritten letter, it just gives that really special and personal feeling and it reminds your customer that there is a person behind that brand. However, if you're like me and you're a service-based business, we can do things a little differently. One common way is through a referrals reward program. And this is great. It helps both you and the previous client. A reward program kind of means if an old client refers you to a new lead and they actually book you, um, then the previous client receives money for putting you in contact with them. It's sort of a win-win. However, similar to the discount codes, if you ask this too soon, the client kind of might feel like they don't get anything extra for their investment with you and may feel like they're still having to jump through hoops to get a reward. So what I like to do is send a gift that could either be a bunch of flowers, a bottle or Prosecco, even simply a card in the post, something that just shows you appreciate their investment with you and enjoyed the time that you work together. It's no strings attached, no talking about the referral program here. This is just to um, kind of reinforce that, yeah, you are happy that they invested with you. The referral awards program can be an invitation that they receive a couple weeks later, like the discount code, when they've already obviously received that first gift for working with you. And then this is just a little extra thing that they can be a part of and reminding them that you still exist, you still here and you're still thinking of them. I feel like I've really talked your ear off and actually my voice is starting to hurt now. Um, but to quickly reiterate, we looked over five brand touch points that can help you create a memorable experience for your customers through your website onboarding experience, payment process, customer service, and your post-sales strategy. I've shared with you how your customers will interact with each of these different touch points, what kind of experience you want them to have, and how you can implement these within your brand. So really, what are you waiting for? You are now a master in enhancing your brand's customer experience to be a positive one, providing you the upper hand to being more memorable and more likely to be picked over another. Plus, not to mention that all of this can help you convert one-time purchases to become regular and repeat customers. It would be mad to keep overlooking these touch points any longer. So start implementing what you've learned today and become a memorable brand tomorrow. Thank you to all the self-made listeners for tuning into the Brand Made Podcast. I really hope this episode educated you. If you found it helpful, please do share it with your fellow small business owners and get in touch with me over on Instagram. The link is in the description bar. Once again, I really appreciate you all and hope to see you here next week. Have a wonderful day and goodbye for now. Oh, 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 o